the blast from our past network. Folks, this just in. The ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. I'm with the force and the force is with me. I'm with the force and the force is with me. I have binged so much Star Wars in the past seven days. I am so up to date and I have so many opinions. I, oh man, I, I'm with you. I, I, could, I could not be happier. I, I'm so thrilled. Yay, awesome. So I want to introduce our guest. I am so excited he is here today. I even wrote an intro. I don't do this. But I'm doing this. Okay. Awesome. So joining the ongoing comic book discussion podcast today for our second Star Wars comic review this month is a very special guest that I am so honored to have on our show. He is a jack of all trades on 96.5 FM in Seattle and a producer and host on two stellar podcasts, Adventure They Wrote, a noir mystery solving D&D podcast, and the other Mickey Rules the World, a Disney loving podcast filled with detailed reviews and a fun cast of hosts. (laughs) Jason is also a personal friend of mine. We met back in the rollery days of old where he was a renowned derby announcer and personality, the very place he was knighted with the name Megatron. Please welcome our very special guest today, Jason Megatron Burroughs. Hello, thank you for having me. I still remember you as Tyra Shanks. You're still in my phone as Tyra Shanks. Yes, you're in my phone as Megatron. Well, I changed it to Jason the other day, and I keep having to be like, hey, Jason, uh, well, I mean, like, that's your name. You are still welcome. You can call me Megatron anytime you want. It is my legal middle name. Megatron is officially your legal middle name. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's why that's why I chose it for my Derby name because it was my legal middle name. I did not know that. Yeah. I thought that at Derby you got your. Megatron oh no! Name. I changed my uh, in 2007. I changed my name from Michael to Megatron uh, when I turned 30. So. That's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that nerd. I love that. <laughs> so I, I jason i assume you're a, a product of the 80s as as well as i am absolutely yes i was uh, i was born in 77 so i grew up with all of this right like with the star wars with gi joe transformers like all of the 80s nerdy stuff i i love it nice i you are one year older than me so we are essentially the exact ah! same person <laughs> as perfect, far as where, where our interests lie and everything <laughs> i love it and how much do you love Star Wars? Are you like a huge Star Wars fan? I, uh, yeah, I, I grew up, my, my parents tell the story of, um, they went to the theater in the summer of 77. They couldn't find a babysitter. So they took me with them. And it was the first time that I was quiet for two hours in a row. So, <laughs> um, awesome. so I feel like, like Star Wars is kind of in my, in my blood, um, my very first tattoo, I got the Imperial logo on my shoulder. And um, it's it's one of those tattoos where I'm just like, all right, cool. When I did it at the time, it was super awesome. I was, you know, like I was part of the 501st and um, I, I really like it. Now I'm like, I have I have the bad guy symbol on my arm. But then again, <laughs> my middle name is Megatron. So, you know, but yeah, what was I, you're literally like the nicest dude ever, which is the, the true irony. of it all. <laughs> I try. 
Well, I think that's that's the thing with uh, I think nice guys usually like the bad guys because it's like, oh, that's something that that, you know, I, I can't ever sort of achieve because we're right? such nice dudes, you know. We try, yeah. <laughs> and then as a kid growing up, uh, uh, you know, typical latchkey kid, um, uh, you know, only child of the 80s. But uh, my parents were divorced. The, literally all the check marks, you know, from, from the right. 80s. And, uh, you know, I grew up idolizing characters like Kyle Reese and, and Dwayne Hicks from Aliens. You know, basically yeah. everybody that Michael Bean played. And um, because, you know, he was so – and Boba Fett, of course, because he's so, they're also like cool and quiet, like the, the strong silent types because it's right. literally – the exact opposite of me. I am the soft, chatty type. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. What do you think of the uh, of the news of the week? Whoa. News uh, of the well, week? For, What's the new? Wait, wait, wait. What's the news of the week? <laughs> well, they they. I, and I don't think it's been confirmed by Lucasfilm, but uh, the Hollywood, no. Hollywood Reporter uh, announced. Spoiler alert, guys! If you just skip 15, 30 yeah. seconds, if you don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Boba Fett season two. Uh, uh, confirmed. Boba Fett season two of the Mandalorian. Um, Wait, he's going to be in season two? They confirmed through the Hollywood Reporter, yes. <gasps> and and my buddies and I were talking about this offline, and we were like, why couldn't they have sort of a saved that you know announcement for the actual show like they did with the the child and baby Yoda right. and everything the the true answer is is that because they got caught with their pants down with no merch uh for baby yoda when it was hot and they don't want to be caught with their pants down again um with yeah. boba fett and you might say like hey why didn't they just make merch for for baby yoda and people would have kept their mouth shut because they wouldn't have kept their mouth shut it would have been leaked That's on true. target it would have been leaked on amazon like a month prior to the mandalorian coming out and the internet would have hated it they this is so stupid, but we got to see the the baby baby Yoda in its you know uh, in its actual proper reveal. Right, um, it was a real surprise. That- Exactly. But to do that, to do that, Lucasfilm had to make the the decision basically not to have any merch available for uh, when Baby Yoda was was revealed. And I think truly they think that was the wrong choice. I bet you like if they could go back in time, they'd be like, Um, we should have had it um, and and everything. So I think that's what they're doing with Boba Fett now. I think that's what they're doing with uh, Ahsoka Tano. I don't think they're going to try to keep anything a secret because they want that merch out there. And I think that is the bottom line. But Well, and there's more hype. Yeah, and there's more hype. Yeah, and and exactly. as and as literally, uh, Jason, just to let you know, my first move, like my first movie remembering experience, uh, is seeing Return of the Jedi at like five or six or something. You know, oh, when nice. it came out in the theater. So I've been enthralled with Boba Fett uh, my entire life. And nice. Uh, yeah, ev- everyone's like. Oh, you know, don't you want a Boba Fett movie? No, I, I don't. I think, I think, you know, let his character die. Let him just die. Be done with it, right? I'm, I'm tired of all this Boba Fett stuff. But if there's one person that can do Boba Fett justice that I truly believe is Dave Filoni. So yeah. I am hyped for this. I, what about you? What about you? I am torn. On the one hand, I think it's cool. But on the other hand, I... I really enjoyed that the Mandalorian was giving us stories outside of everything that we've already seen. So uh, Mm -hmm. with the rumors that, oh, yeah, the footsteps that were walking up to Ming-Na Wen's Mm -hmm. character in episode five, maybe that was Boba Fett. I was like, I don't I don't want it to be Boba Fett. I want it to be somebody new. I want it to be something exciting that we have never seen before, because one of the things that Star Wars kind of gets trapped in is its own sort of insular world, right? Like, Mm, we keep going back to Tatooine. We keep going back to all of these, you know, like we keep seeing the Millennium Falcon. We keep seeing all of these 
signifiers that make us go, oh yeah, that's Star Wars. Where at where when we have this gigantic galaxy that there's so much out there that we haven't seen. It's one of the reasons why I liked Rebels so much was because it was all new, right? Like it was mm-hmm. a new ship, it was a new crew, it was new monsters, it was new um new ways of dealing with the force. And so on the one hand, I'm super excited because I love Boba Fett too. I think Tamir Morrison is a great actor and it'll mm-hmm. be nice to see him back on screen. But on the other hand, I want new characters. I want I, hundred. Right. I literally feel a hundred percent exactly the same as you on, on this regard. Um, I, uh, yeah. When, when, when everyone was speculating that that scene was Boba Fett, <laughs> you could hear it. You could hear the, 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 right, the little sound jingle that jangle. Makes. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. And I was like, okay, yeah. fine. Sure. But uh, I, I just don't need it. I do not need it. I've read so many yeah. Boba Fett stories and honestly, not, none of them are that great. The Mandalorian did everything that I ever, wanted to see my Boba Fett toy do like you know what I mean yeah. like, it filled oh, that yeah. gap I was like and 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 like you said it showed all kinds of new stuff it went into new areas and of course it dipped its toe into to places that we understood and knew and stuff and that that's great but I like how it just dipped its toe and went off in its own directions um, and I'm with you I uh, my wife and I just plowed through Rebels uh, last year we love it um, I think you know obviously it's, it's Clone Wars 2.0 essentially yeah. Yeah. Um, and everything they built off like like you even get conclusions to things uh, uh from clone wars in rebels um and it's just unlike clone wars which took you know probably a, a couple seasons to sort of take off um i think rebels hit its stride right out of the gate and uh i love that show i, I think it's absolutely fantastic yep but t- can Tess, i be honest t- Tess, you're <laughs> diving into clone wars right now as we i know speak. i'm like i'm like trying to jump in i'm like wait oh, i know sorry. the answer to that one wait i know the answer to that one no okay but i have a question for you guys and i'm don't don't hate on me never all right here never. we go <clears throat> i know you love boba fett i know he's your boy i get it however he's in literally 30 seconds of star wars <laughs> right why do you love him so you're, much and yeah and that's the thing like literally I, I, I thought about the exact same thing, and but sometimes you know I'll, I'll watch Empire Strikes Back, and and Jason, I'm sure you know, like you watch these movies, and you half the time, most of the time, you're not always paying attention to it because it's in the background because you've seen it a thousand and freaking times. Sure. But those those few times where you sit down, try to put yourself in the mindset of how you were at that age, and kind of just watch it, let it wash over you. I can remember why I love Boba Fett so much, and it's because he looks so freaking cool and that is literally the bottom line and as as a as a self-proclaimed armor file he has the coolest freaking armor that's ever existed i agree um yeah for me it was because like all of the uh the bounty hunters in that scene in empire strikes back when they're all standing there up on the on that railing and uh, darth vader is giving them the order to go after the millennium falcon uh, like they all looked so cool and they were all so different. There was Bosk and Forlom and IG-88 and, you know, like they all looked really cool. But Boba Fett was just like you didn't see his face. You just you knew that he liked to disintegrate people. He had a cool <laughs> ship. And, um, and so, he was the smartest one out of all of them. Right. And so that the way that he was set up in Empire Strikes Back, totally awesome. Um, mm-hmm. The way that he kind of fell flat in literally in uh, return of the Jedi was a little disappointing, but um, you know, it, <laughs> in the years prior with all of the books and all of the extended universe stuff, that's now legends, um, you know, like it, 
he became a, a fairly interesting and fleshed out character. And so, you know, for me, it was all about it was all about that initial like, look at this badass. So, yeah. And right. I and iconically, um, I'm sorry, not iconically, canonically now, um, all that stuff, the legend stuff, you know, doesn't exist anymore. But uh, right. uh, Tess, I, I know you're sort of doing Clone Wars in reverse, but you're mm-hmm. actually going to get to see Boba Fett as a kid coming into his own as a bounty hunter. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Clone Wars cartoon, um, Aura Singh is the one that kind of helps him get there. Uh, you've seen her once in the movies for a split second in Phantom Menace watching the pod race. And then you heard her mentioned yeah. in uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, when uh, apparently they allude to Tobias Beckett was the one that killed Aura Singh. And she uh, she is a badass bounty hunter who kind of specializes in, in bounty hunting Jedis. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she, you get to see her in the Clone Wars train a young Boba Fett. And, uh, man, I, I, the Clone Wars, freaking, this is this TV show is what made me now love the prequels. I now consider, hmm. I, I'm always going to be an OT fan, obviously. Yep. Uh, I grew up with it. That's fine. And, and when prequels came out i was a hater like everybody else but rolling back you know maybe in my soul i wasn't but i kind of you know wanted to conform and, and everything but now i look back and i truly love the prequels um mostly because they are you know an auteur's vision you know i love auteurs i love one direct like one singular sort of vision um although you can argue obviously that it's not but uh, you know you can argue right. i think that you can um but clone wars the cartoon is what made solidified my love for the prequels because it just and to the point where and I've said it on the podcast before I view the movies as ancillary to the Clone Wars and Rebels cartoons now. Right, I would agree with that statement. And, and Tess, as someone who's now diving into the Clone Wars, and you're you're seeing these characters, you're seeing Ahsoka for the first time. We got to get your reaction to all of this and and your your deep dive that you've been going into Star Wars in the past couple of weeks. Yes, I've been doing a deep dive. Okay, so like as most of our listeners know, I am a new nerd. I am a uh, what do I what did I call it? I don't know. New nerd. I've been a nerd my whole life, but I've never like fully embraced it until I'm like marrying the nerdiest dude in the whole world. <laughs> or, I mean, you guys are pretty damn nerdy, but my husband's pretty damn nerdy too. And uh, but anyway, so I have I got into Star Wars like early when I was in college, but I didn't really care. But now I'm like into it and I actually get up early at like five and I like pop up. I'm like, I'm going to watch Star Wars. And I just like start watch, like pop in a movie before work. You awesome. Know? Um, and when I see pop in, I mean like push play on Disney. Plus. <laughs> of <course>. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I. Megatron, you mentioned that uh, son of Darth Dathomir, which we will get to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. We'll get to Darth Maul eventually. Um, but you said that it ties into uh, Clone Wars or the yes. last season anyway. So I binge watched the last season and I immediately text Corey and his wife Myra and I was like, you guys, this is amazing. I was like hooked. I love the politics of it all, especially because I had just watched... Uh, four through seven, I believe. I just like right. did that chunk, and then I went back to Clone Wars, and then I just did Phantom Menace this morning, and I was like, oh my god, it makes so much more sense. Everything is so much more well well rounded, and I'm like, I have an opinion. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clone Wars definitely it it gives 
the three prequel movies so much more context and mm-hmm. like meat on the bones for for you to to digest. Um, and and I mean you you've got some fantastic story arcs uh, in front of you when you reverse time and and you know start Clone Wars from the beginning. Um, there's so it's it's like a master class in storytelling and in uh, uh, character development. I I would say I would probably give more of the credit to the character development to Dave Filoni and then uh, kind of the master class of, of, of universe building to sort of George. But the nice thing is the Clone Wars is the last um, connection that we have to, to Papa, Papa, you know, the, the notorious GL. And um, <laughs> it's, it's in, in Ahsoka Tano is kind of like of these quote unquote Dude, new characters. Wait, wait, we have to stop. Hang on. Wait, Ahsoka, you guys, holy guacamole. I love her character. I, she may be my favorite female character in Star Wars. I was like, if I was a Jedi trained to be a Jedi, I would want her to be my mentor. She's freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to hear you say that because now you're going <laughs> through Clone Wars backwards, you said? Yes. Okay. So it's, it's nice to hear you say that because when the Clone Wars first came out, Ahsoka was reviled. Like people yeah. did not like her. What? Because yeah. Why? at the beginning of the Clone Wars, she is very young, and uh, like because very the Clone Wars, uh, very annoying. Yes, um, the Clone Wars series takes place over multiple years, right? Like it's a okay. it's many years across, um, and her character growth and character arc is one of the best things that they ever could have done with Star Wars. Because instead of just saying, here's Anakin, he's a kid. Here's Anakin, he's a teenager. Here's Anakin, he's about to become Darth Vader. You get to see Ahsoka's, like, here she is as an annoying kid. Here she is learning a lesson. And here is her entire growth across six seasons of this show. And now the seventh season. And um, it's... It's fascinating to watch her journey. And Mm -hmm. I I would say that she's my favorite character in Star Wars because Ah. just because we get that complete arc and the Ahsoka that we see in Rebels at the at the end of Rebels (laughs) is I was hoping to keep that a secret from uh, from Tess. (laughs) Oh no, I've already seen it. I've already seen Oh, Rebels. Oh, oh, I was like, no, I've seen clones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah. Tess Rebels. You can is... tell me, do I don't care. Okay, okay. I want to hear. It's all good. No, no worries. I, I was just gonna say that. I'm like that. That version is uh, amazing. Like it's it's just it's really cool to see. And uh, so I made the mistake of watching Rebels before I watched the Clone Wars. So I watched the entirety oh. of Rebels and was like, oh, okay, this was awesome. Let's go watch the Clone Wars. And um, I found. On StarWars.com, they have the chronological list of episodes where it starts with, like, episode, uh, season one, episode 16, and then season two, episode 16, and then the theatrical release, and then two season three episodes. And it's just the way that those, uh, they were, when they were premiering the shows on TV, they were doing them in like story arcs and uh, like thematic arcs rather than a yeah. chronological story. And so, yeah, it- they, yeah, they would no- notoriously like put like, yeah, it was time jumped everywhere. And Dave Filoni yeah. really pushed to be more um, uh, uh, structured and, and more linear. And I think that was started in maybe season five or six is when George kind of was like, okay, fine, let you do. But yeah, before that, it's all over the place. 
Yeah. So if you if you're going to go and start from the beginning of the Clone Wars, um, uh, there is a, a list on StarWars.com that shows you what order they go in, so that you can watch it in chronological order, so you're not confused when you're like, "Oh, I thought that guy was dead." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is <laughs> like the Darth biggest Maul problem. Yeah, Darth Maul is literally. <laughs> I think Darth Maul definitely he like sums up the the best parts and the worst parts of the Clone Wars. The best parts is yeah, you have fun, you have a character that you really were able to flesh out that was not fleshed out in the movies, and then the worst part is I cannot track his timeline to save my life. And like even when I'm reading Son of Dathomir, I'm trying to think when when does this take place? It's season right. six. Was it after the fight with uh with I guess it's after the fight with Sidious? Yes. Uh, when he fights and, and by the way, Tess when Darth Maul finally fights Sidious slash the Emperor in like season five or something or six, whatever it was, it's oh, one yeah. of the Rebels most or clones? Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Clone it's Wars. one of the most okay. amazing force battles I've like ever seen. And like another nail in my love for, for Palpatine and like how awesome I think Palpatine is. It, like again, comes from Clone Wars. It's just, man, the Clone Wars just just did so many good, good things. But yeah, to, to kind of piggyback on what Jason was saying earlier um it is a rough rough first couple of seasons the the animation is not good i mean you are watching with season seven top tier clone wars animation we are yeah. everyone the, the entire audience is like wow. i can't believe it looks this good you're gonna take this a is huge the hit in quality when when you start <laughs> start back there um but yeah you're oh, gonna get you're going to get so much out of it starting from the beginning and seeing where this character goes. Because if the, if Ahsoka was like fully formed right when she landed, I don't think she would have the, the lasting power that she has now. I think Ahsoka Tano has the, the fandom that she has is because like us who like literally watched her grow in front of our eyes. And I was a little indifferent to her at the beginning. I didn't hate her. I was just like, okay, fine, whatever. Anakin has a Padawan. Sure. But, after right. this is all said and done, I'm like, oh, yeah, Anakin needs a Padawan, and, and it was what kept him grounded for so long. And then, you know, when you look at the events of, of everything of turning him into Vader, uh, him losing Ahsoka is another notch. It's another <laughs> oh, one of man. the females, another one oh, of the gosh. women in his life that he lost. Like, <laughs> he lost his... Jason, he lost you're, his... like, squirming in your seat. I know. <laughs> and he, she's, she's so essential. She's so essential uh. to his character now. Like the the events of season five of Clone Wars have such a profound effect on Anakin and his outlook towards the Jedi that not having that for so long, like not having that connective tissue between Attack of the Clones and then five, six years later, Revenge of the Sith, like not having that tissue I don't understand how we made that jump having it now that we have it. I don't see how we made that jump without it because like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now because like that whole season the and especially the end is so profound and so so moving and you can you can see when it happens with Anakin. You can see the moment where he just flips the switch and doesn't give a hoot anymore. Yeah. I don't remember if you guys are um sweary podcast or not. <laughs> we, we, we try <laughs> to be <laughs> we try to be all all ages. It's yeah, it's family it's, it's, friendly. For, 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 
For someone who <laughs> yeah, has we... multiple uh, podcasts that are explicit, it has definitely been interesting for me to try to keep track. <laughs> yeah. We had one explicit podcast, and it was because he couldn't stop saying the F words. We're like, whatever. Nice. So. Nice. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then, and then, and, and Tess, I'm, I'm super, super sorry, but I mean, uh, Jason, when, when she finally confronts Vader in Rebels, I mean, I literally get like, it's, it's, it's uh. every emotion, every freaking, um, like she fights Let it out. Vader. She freaking and- fights Vader. She thinks Anakin is gone. He thinks she's dead. And then she, she cuts his mask and she can see his eyes and she's like, Anakin. And you, you get that where he like kind of does that. They, they actually brought James Earl Jones in to record it, you know, with him saying Ahsoka and then they, Kind of like a, a transition uh, to Matt Lanter saying Ahsoka, that's and dope. oh my, like I literally have goosebumps right now. That scene, Ahsoka fighting her master, oh my, her fallen, broken master in every shape of the of the word. But like, yeah, like you're saying, how did we ever look at Revenge of the Sith? Like, how did we ever know what was happening? Now I feel like we know everything. Now I yeah. I watch that yeah. movie and I get where where Hayden Christensen's and I mean I always say Matt Lanter is always going to be my uh, Anakin. Um, is but, that the voice? Yeah, the, the Clone yeah. Wars okay. voice. Yeah. Um, and uh, the he, little kid is really cute, though. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's hit some hard times, but um, I know. Yeah. I, I went back and I looked at the cast to see what he looks like. Now I was like, oh, he's got to be a cutie, and it was like mugshot, yep. mugshot. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. unfortunately, he's he. It's it's not Back his fault. Oh, he had some rough it's patches, all. but yeah. Of course, um, of course. But yeah. uh, let's let's say we're half. We're thirty minutes in. Let's let's try to bring in Darth Maul here. Let's let's try. <laughs> yes. hey, don't to look bring at me. In. I. You guys can look at my how much I've been talking. Like look, I I have just been sitting here, you know, asking questions. I I said Darth Maul. Tried to get him in. You know. Anyway, here we are. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I know. No, sorry please do that. not be sorry. I'm a thousand percent joking. I am so excited. I get excited when people get excited about. Anything we talk about here. Yeah, right. It's like Jason is literally squirming in his seat when you're talking about what you were just talking about. It's like, <laughs> well, um, t- Tess, yeah. you just watched Phantom Menace this morning. Um, yes. I-, I was talking to a friend offline the other day at just how iconic that shot is of, of Darth Maul when he first lights that second lightsaber. It's on the in the Naboo uh, hangar when, you know, Obi-Wan and An- or, uh, Qui-Gon are going to go fight him, basically. And just that shot from the trailer and everything where he sticks his hand out and then lights that other lightsaber. I mean, still to this day. I think I think Phantom Menace actually holds up much better now than than I thought it did when I was younger. I think that, uh, that yeah, that, for that, sure. Uh, Pod race is amazing. Oh, for um, sure. And I think that that Darth Maul is amazing. But like jumping from that to this test, were you able to make that leap of him getting cut in half and then you know he's back here? Okay. Well, I first saw he had metal legs in Clone Wars. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, something happened there. Yeah. And then and then I went into the book, still metal legs. And then I watched the movie and I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. When you watch the rest of the Clone Wars, you will you will see how he gets those cool metal legs. I saw. Um, I think it was. I was watching a YouTube video about the story of Darth Maul because I really just wanted to round him out as a character in my mind to prepare for today. Yes. And I saw that he. I saw that he basically has the legs of the stock from Saga. Mm. Do you yeah. Guys yeah. Remember this? Yeah. Like spider. Yeah. Like, like spider legs. Yeah. Spider legs or something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's how he kind of he starts out that way. And as 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 amazing as seeing Ahsoka's journey and her arcs and everything during the Clone Wars, they did the same thing for Darth Maul. I mean, Dave Filoni took this character that just pretty much looks super cool and that was 
about it um, in yeah. Phantom Menace and really freaking gave him a story and, and yeah. gave him like a new purpose. And that's like you do get some backstory and everything, but it's not so much he, he it's it's like, what does Darth Maul do after being the apprentice to the most powerful creature in the galaxy, you know, and where does right. he go with it? And it's not, you know, some some of it's not in directions that you kind of expect it to go. But at the end of the day. It's still a masterclass in story arc, like storytelling. Yeah, totally. Um, so, okay, so Darth Maul to me was literally just a, a Happy Meal toy before today. Like right. he was the Happy Meal toy. Yeah. It, when I was a kid, you know, I saw it in theaters and I was like, I don't know what I'm watching. I'm nine. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> uh, but I am curious, Jason, why did you pick a Darth Maul comic out of out of all the Star Wars comics? So, before I. Uh... I had not read it until you approached me for the podcast, and I was like, oh, I have heard so much about this comic in particular because it connects um, what happens in uh, season five or six of Clone Wars with what happens in season seven and beyond. And um, it's there are some connections to the game uh, Jedi Fallen Order and uh, things like that with Dathomir. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm super interested because everyone keeps talking about if you have seen or if you have read Son of Dathomir, you will understand where these characters come from. You will understand mm. um, this side of the Mandalorian Civil War and uh, all of that sort of thing. And so that is why I uh, suggested it when we were talking about what comic to read. And um, now that I've read it, it's okay. <laughs> it's, oh my god it's all right it's what? it's kind of like how you guys felt about the dr afra comic um really it's yeah like That's bad <laughs> i don't want to say that it's bad it's just it's it's very paint by numbers and it's mm. it was very predictable and the characters are phenomenal i love darth maul i love gar saxon i like all, like the whole story behind the Maul DeLoreans and their, you know, yeah, like their painted cool. armor and the horns and all that stuff. But the overarching, um, the emperor has a plan and everything, everything falls in line exactly as the emperor has designed it. Got to be a little mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. You know, like. Oh, it's, like, like this was meant to happen. It's fine. Kind of thing. Have you seen. The most recent series or season of Rick and Morty. Oh, the, not the most recent one. Yeah, me neither. The, like the very newest ones that are out now. No, no, I'm the like the first like the first four episodes of season four. There was an an episode that was a, a heist story, and okay. so, but basically, it was all of this is going, uh, all of this is happening by my design, and so mm. in that respect, it was like, oh, okay. It's cool and it's it's very well done, but the story for me was just it was it fell a little flat because it was just it was like okay this is happening this is happening this is happening and it's all it's all by the emperor's design, and it almost right. makes you wonder that if this was an unused story idea from Clone Wars, what was the reason it was unused in the first place? 
Right. Um, and and I'll I'll piggyback on there, Jason. I felt exactly the same way about you suggesting it. I wanted to read it because I'd heard a million things about it. And yeah. I was like, okay, great. This is awesome. I, I knew the backstory of it being like an unused arc and everything. I was like, cool. And I read it and I was like, oh, this is fun. I Cool. Yeah, this is neat. And then that was it. I was like, okay, neat. And and I didn't I didn't dislike it as much. I, I think Dr. Afra I was a little bit more disappointed by. This one, I think going in, I was expecting it not to really have any sort of, you know, conclusion because it still has to everything still has to play out the way it's gonna play out. So like right. you know, when Darth Maul captures Grievous and, and Dooku, you're like, well, you know, they're not gonna die because they have to right. be in in Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, I always find prequels to always be sort of hard to deal with in that regard but the fun that i got out of it was was seeing more of mother town uh townsend uh i i love her uh i think she's awesome of course any anytime i can see sidious rant about being you know in charge of everything i'm fine right. with it i like it <laughs> just because i like sidious you know i'm like yeah i know i got it man and you know what you could be talking out your butt but i think it's great you maybe you didn't have all this planned and you just sort of spun it around uh whatever the the artwork i thought the artwork was, was fantastic like the action in it is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm with you. I, I like Gar Saxton. Um, I, it was nice to see more of him because uh, we see him in in Rebels, correct? He shows back up in Rebels. Yes, he comes yeah, back yeah. in Rebels. So it was, yeah, so it was nice seeing Gar Saxton here. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I was left like I was left feeling like I ate a, 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 a McDonald's Big Mac. You know, it was I had fun. I enjoyed it. I always like a Big Mac. It's it tastes exactly the way I thought it was going to taste. And you know, and like. 30 minutes later, I'm either hungry or I have a little bit of a stomach ache, you know, but uh, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't regret the decision that I made to have, to have this in my mind, but uh, it wasn't, you know, it didn't ch- change my perception of anything. Although right. I think this is where we found out that mother Towsend is Darth Maul's a like biological mother, I think. Right. Yes. We've, Yes. Yeah, so that that was probably the biggest sort of thing that, that we find out. Um, uh, side note, Tess, cool cool thing. Uh, the the mm-hmm. like the crazy witch lady that you see uh, in this comic. Um, yeah. She, they she was an original design for Darth Maul, like an unused original design for Darth Maul that they just sort of used for for Fem- this. Lady. Did they feminize? Yeah, her? yeah. Well, well actually, okay. no, okay. not really. He kind of had Darth Maul could have been a female at one point. They they didn't know like the name. Right. You know? mm. um, Darth Molly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and another, like, honestly, like, another really, really cool thing about Clone Wars is that they use a lot of unused designs. And yeah. then in Rebels, mm. um, Rebels, they use a lot of unused toy designs. And it's cool because the art style in Clone Wars is supposed to look like painted wood maquettes. And then the art style of Clone Wars is plastic. So it looks like toys. They actually go with oh. toys. Um, what were your thoughts, uh, Tess, on, on Son of Dathomir? You guys, I was just so happy to understand what was going on the whole time. So I was having a great time. I was like, I get that. I get that. I get that. I followed it. It was a story. Mm -hmm. It kind of rounded out the Darth Maul character. I actually, I I think that Darth Maul is my favorite evil villain in uh, Star Wars. He's like, like, I feel for the dude. Yeah. Yeah, you too? You too? He's great. (laughs) Get a thumbs up. Yeah, he's great. He's just like he's like he's had he's he's been through it, man. Like, you know, he doesn't know who his parents are really. He got stolen at a young age, basically. He got forced into things and whatever. He's just holding trauma and anger and and fear and confusion. And of course, he's gonna be like, um, he's gonna go crazy. I really liked him at the end of Clone Wars, where Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka, she 
breaks him out to be a diversion, breaks him out of his like holding chamber to be a diversion so that she can uh, get off the ship. I don't know what it's called exactly, but uh, and he doesn't kill her first. He understands her power. He respect, even though she's a Jedi, he does respect Jedi's power in a sense. Like he doesn't, um, he doesn't underestimate them. He definitely like he he. You could tell that he respects them. If not, wants to really be a good guy. But he just has so much stuff carrying. You know, that's just weighing him down in life. And I just I'm like, oh, do you need a hug? Because you need a hug. I mean, you're you're 100 right. Darth Maul is walking trauma, and he yeah. never quite. I don't think he ever. He never. You know, steps really into the realm of good guy. He will do things that may look good, but he's doing it for his own purpose. And and those quote unquote things are are, are few and far between. Um, but you you really see his his again in Clone Wars his character arc, and you get a lot of backstory as to what's happening and why he feels this way. You see what the Knight Brothers are all about. You see what the Knight Sisters are all about. Uh, you see yeah. the, their creation process of creating these these beasts. Uh, you know that they basically take these these soldiers and just hype them up and uh we actually get like a, a, a um savage oppress uh is um darth maul's brother that you actually see in the clone wars and there's like a whole thing yeah. with that um but yeah he, he's a tragic character because he has so much potential and i don't know if he's got potential for good but you you just you kind of want to see him achieve his 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 potential of anything you're just like okay i want to see what your potential is but oh boy does his conclusion in rebels was it just beautiful i loved his his rebels conclusion i mean a lot of people wanted to see something more out of that i thought it was the most amazing thing i've ever like most amazing 20 seconds i've ever seen yeah jason what do you think of the end of clone wars with uh with darth um well the oh man which episode was it uh i want to say it was episode 10 the second of that final arc um, where yeah. uh, he and Ahsoka had fought and they finally capture him. And um, it's as everything is sort of crashing down throughout the galaxy. Um, Anakin has been sent to, uh, you know, like watch over the chancellor and all of all of that stuff in episode three is happening in the moment. And he as he is being captured, he realizes that he can't, there's, now that he's captured, there's nothing he can do to help prevent this, and he's mm. just, and he's just beside himself screaming that we've already lost, and like, knowing what we know, based on episode three, that was very, very exciting and moving for me, like, that part was my favorite, like, his his whole, like, uh, hallway fight for lack of a better term in episode 11 was was awesome and badass but um him losing the fight in episode 10 and being unable to make any change for good or for bad was i i loved that part of his character and because i love his motivation is like just to f sidious back He's j- right. just to screw up his plans. Like how, like what a simple, like little mo- motivation. Like you wronged me. Now I'm going to just spitefully do anything that in my power just to ruin all of your plans because you literally ruined my life. Yep. And uh, sadly, uh, Sidious is too powerful for that. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, to get into the details of the comic, because that's what I love. Yes. <laughs> I love to know little things. Um, so this was released in 2017 by Marvel. It was written by Jeremy Barlow, who did a bunch of Star Wars comics. Like, the list for him just goes on and on and on and on. He even did some Boba Fett. And then the artist is Juan Frigeri, who did, she did, he did Ghost Rider, The Immortal Hulk, some Spider-Verse stuff, and then a bunch of other Spider-Man type things. Peter Speederman. Um, I, Peter Speederman. <laughs> I, I like the art. Uh, he, I didn't think he could draw armor that well, especially the, the helmets. But otherwise, I thought mm. he did a fantastic job uh, with all the people and stuff, and, and especially yeah. the action and everything. But um, he, it was it was a lot of fun. It, it's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it was like a fun comic. I, I had a good time reading it the entire the entire time. Um, Tess, did you have any like like things that you weren't that you wanted to kind of dive into a little deeper from it? That did, on your 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 notes, was there anything you didn't? Uh, uh... Um, the only thing I need clarification on is the Separatist Legion, which I don't quite understand. And I'm looking at my list here. Um, let's see here. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad there was a mother in it, just in time for Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, J- Jason, do you want to take do do you want to take the helm on the uh, the Separatists? So. Um, so what is the, what's your question exactly? Just, okay. So the separatists, I, I, that was a new word for me, or maybe it just was the first time it called attention to it because they were such a main part of the comic. Um, And I was just curious, is that like the little, um, not the little droids, but the, the droids in like Phantom Menace, is that Mm -hmm. like, it looked like one of them, but yes. So those, all of the droids are part of the separatist army and the, so the, the Clone War, uh, oh, like the the overarching Clone War, is between the Republic and the Separatists. And so, with Count Dooku being the face of the Separatist movement and uh, being bankrolled by the trading, uh, the banking clan and uh, the trade union, and then uh, they have the the Droid Army is what they're fighting with. So that's if there are droids, that's the Separatist Army. Yeah, the, uh, those are those are the bad quote unquote bad guys. Um, it's it's it kind of dives into the whole you know one man's uh, terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. So these separatists were once a part of the the republic, and mm-hmm. they don't like the way things are going. That's even sort of previous to even the first movie uh, because there's already they've already sort of broken away, um, but. They don't know that they are just pawns being used on this giant galactic chess match that one man is essentially controlling both sides. Um, but they are the the separatists are a bunch of a collection of of different races and different aliens and everything. And you know, no different than the Republic. They're just breaking off from the Republic. So when you think of like the life of Anakin, you know, he goes from fighting these terrorists as a, as a you know he's he's from the the grand republic you know he goes to fighting these quote-unquote terrorists and then the republic becomes the empire sort of around anakin and then as he becomes darth vader and then he's still sort of standing in the same spot now facing off against quote-unquote rebels and princess leia and luke skywalker and to him these are again just more terrorists just more Mm. of an extension of the separatists essentially of the war that he's almost essentially been fighting his entire life. Yep. 
you know so so yeah so this and, and so in the movies uh, uh the, the you see the separatists um at in revenge of the sith when when anakin goes and basically takes them all out and everything but they and, and they are led by count dooku is a fallen jedi that's another thing you have to sort of i, uh, I read that yes yeah, okay. so he is a Jedi that you know whatever his reasons I think they fleshed it out in a book or, or, or comics but now it's right. not canonical so you know who cares um, and uh, he basically leaves the Jedi Order joins uh, Sidious as a Sith um, as a Sith apprentice but he's not really the same as Darth Maul I think uh, you know Sidious obviously trains Dooku and everything but Sidious, Dooku already is like established before Sidious kind of gets his hands in, in, on him but yeah he's mm-hmm. he's he's uh, he's a, a Jedi. That's and I, I that's feel like that was kind of downplayed in the movies because that's such a cool yeah. concept that you're seeing a bad Jedi. He's not actually really a Sith, although he sort of is, but he's a bad Jedi, and that's what's really cool about uh, Dooku. I think he was Yoda's Padawan. He was. He was Yoda's Padawan. Oh, he was I didn't trained know that. by. He was actually like a lot of Jedi's are trained by Yoda, but he was li- like actually his padawan which is which makes it even sadder but also makes it you you wish we could have seen more of yoda and dooku having some kind of you know connection when they fought i feel like that was a little bit underplayed unfortunately in attack of the clones um i do want to talk about something else uh the the mandalorians in this one like uh, okay, so in The Mandalorian, in the show, they're really, really played like he's he's kind of played like a good guy for the first time. He's like he's a hero. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, is this in I didn't realize because I was like, wait, are those it's kind of like fallen. There's a fallen Jedi turns into the, the dark side. But I'm like, ooh, fallen Mandalorians. And I was like, wait a minute. The the base, like the thesis of The Mandalorian itself is neither good nor bad. It's just they just kind of follow the gold type of thing. No. Or I'm, it's, no, it's, it's, is that totally wrong? No, no, no. You're not. You're no. You're 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 100 right. Depending on what era you're sort of looking at, Mandalorians. Um, and, mm. and first off, uh, Mandalore Mandalore is a planet, but Mandalorian is a system. Um, no, Mandalore is a system. Mandalorian is like you can be a part of it. You, it's not a specific species. It's more of a, right. a, a of a code. But um, Mandalore is a system, so it's not like Tatooine or Endor or something where it's just one planet. They are an entire system, and they're kind of not a part of the Republic. They're uh, Jason. Correct me if I'm wrong. They are kind of uh, they're doing their own thing and, and allowed to do their own thing. They so during the Clone War they. Uh, tried to maintain neutrality because they did not they didn't want to okay. be on either side so they were neutral which is why when in season 7 when um Bo-Katan and that group when they go um uh, Obi-Wan's like this is going to break treaties that are 100 years old it's because Mandalore has been neutral the whole time like they they are their own little system and uh what is interesting to me is how they go from the end of season seven in the Clone Wars to what we see in the Mandalorian. And I don't know Mm. when or where we will see that because, you know, like in this, the Clone Wars era of the Mandalorian or Mandalorian culture, they do take off their helmet. They, you know, there is all sorts of different things, but in the Mandalorian, they don't take off their helmets and all of that sort of thing. This is the way all of that. But, um, when you watch the rest of the Clone Wars series, you'll see 
the split between um, Death Watch and Clan Vizsla, uh, which goes on to become the Maldalorians, the red and black with the horned helmets that we see in this comic, and then the other Mandalorians. And uh, so Bo-Katan was originally part of Clan Vizsla and part of Death Watch, but left them to try to save Mandalore. And um, so all with all of that context, it's uh, it's very interesting because this is a small group of um, of warriors that have decided that because Maul defeated uh, their leader in single combat, he holds the dark saber, which is that we, that we see at the end of the uh, Mandalorian with um, uh, Moff Gideon Moff holding Gideon, it. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it's super interesting because these these are the uh, Mandalorians that we see in season seven that Bo-Katan and her group with the clones are fighting against when they come to try to liberate Mandalore. And that leads to the siege of Mandalore that they discuss in the Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. And yeah, totally. (laughs) And like, like with, you know, like with any populace, Ever like you know, there's different factions in Mandalore. There's different ways of doing things. Uh, when you when we are introduced in Clone Wars to to Mandalorian culture, they are pacifists at that point. Mm-hmm. Even though they have this proud history of of warriordom, and um, you know, you have this Death Watch group led by uh, uh, Pre Vizsla, who was voiced by by John Favreau, who created the Mandalorian. You see, there's there's all ah. this. There's a lot of connective tissue also behind the scenes of, of Star Wars. Um, yeah. And uh, so, uh, and Tess, real quick, in the Mandalorian mm-hmm. live-action TV show, when you see Jin Jaren getting rescued by those Mandalorians, those, like, dark blue and purple Mandalorians, mm-hmm. we all, Jason and I, I'm sure I can speak for you, buddy, we all yes. gasped because <laughs> we instantly knew that they were Death Watch. And yes. we we were already in love with Death Death Watch from the Clone Wars cartoons. And that was such I got goosebumps. Jason, yeah. I got goosebumps, buddy, just nice. talking about Death Watch. <laughs> you both got goosebumps this episode. I love it. I love it. I love and it's, it. Okay, and, it's, go ahead. and it's all because like it like honestly, the Mandalorian stuff is Dave Filoni. George Lucas notoriously does not give a rat's butt about Boba Fett or about the Mandalorians. Uh that is Dave Filoni's love. And yeah. the dark saber and everything um like so tess you saw the you see the dark saber on the cover of son of dathomir darth maul's holding it you'll see all mm-hmm. about it in um um in the clone wars when you when you go back uh you know if, uh, season five four whatever yeah. it is you'll, you'll you'll get it uh you'll see it um you'll also see a young saul guerrera from uh mm-hmm. rogue one played by um, i loved him oh, yeah loved it, him. The, my biggest complaint is that he has really teal eyes like purple eyes in the cartoon and then he they they didn't do that in the movie anyways it's a whole that's a i could i could literally talk for an hour about what they did with sarah Sar- <laughs> guerrera <laughs> but uh i um, think you got three podcasts buddy yeah seriously <laughs> um but yeah you'll you'll see the you'll see the black saber um and, and thus like like that's why it was sort of an easter egg in the mandalorian when when moff gideon had it but it also it's it's a big deal it, it means you're the leader of the mandalorians to have it and you know sabine wren had it at one point and she gave it to her mom oh my god you could uh, the the lineage of 
the Darksaber is just as hard to follow as Darth Maul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. I love how many myths and legends are in Star Wars. It's, I, like, they're... My two favorite like warriors are the definitely the Jedi and the Mandalorians and like I just they're so different and the same in their morals. They kind of follow the same things, but they totally don't like it's just I think that's why everybody loves them and that's why we keep creating all these stories is because we continue to have questions. It's like as soon as they lay out a story, it's like, but wait, what about that and what about that? So I I loved I loved seeing the Mandalorians this way and in this one and how much they fought for Darth Maul, even like that was apart from Darth Maul himself. That was my other favorite character mm-hmm. were the Mandal- Mandalors, Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll see a lot of cool stuff with them. They, I mean, and a lot of it's gray. It's just, it's just different points of view, you know, and it, unless yeah. you're, unless you're Sidious or something like no one's quite wrong about things. It's just, you know, you got a whole, like people over here got a whole system that they got to worry about, you know, like, like the leaders mm-hmm. of, of Mandalore that we got a whole system to worry about. So, okay, we, we're not gonna, you know, we can't get, we have different points of view on things. And I think that the Clone Wars did a great job of that. Um, even with the villains, they, they do a great job of showing you their points of view very rarely in the Star Wars universe is a villain just a villain for villain's sake. It's it's very mm. rare. And and that's, you know, of course there's a couple of them out there, probably Dangar and Bosk and stuff like that, sure, whatever, but when you really start chipping away at them, you know, they're they're pretty rounded and it's because we have such a a, a breadth of 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 content that we can draw from and, and read and everything. But it does, I mean, it is pretty you can get into the quagmire. It, it, you can get into the weeds on this stuff. It's sure. it's deep it's really deep <laughs> and then and then add, add i was gonna say and then add mandalorian to the mix add add rebels to the mix and this can become like a, a five-hour podcast you know <laughs> <laughs> totally um well fellas we've come to that part of the podcast we are going to rate this comic book uh, Jason, uh, you probably heard in the last episode for Dr. Afra, we have a rating scale of one through five, five meaning the best one, meaning the worst three means you would recommend it. Mm. And then you pick a noun, uh, from the comic that relates to it. So for mine, I'm going to give this one because I understood it because I appreciated the action. I appreciated the depth of the characters. And, uh, did I mention, I'm just happy that I freaking understood it. Uh-huh. All right. I'm going to give <laughs> I'm going to give it four Mandalorian warriors. Mandalorian cis warriors. Nice. Because I love them. <laughs> they are pretty awesome. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll let John. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Good Lord. Sorry about that, buddy. I just. It <laughs> <No> works. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll let you go last. Um, I'll, I'll do mine real quick. And. Uh, I would give, you know, I thought it was a fun comic. I I didn't think it was, uh, it didn't break any grounds or anything, um, but I'm very glad I read it. And I thought sometimes, you know what, it's just fun to have a fun little piece of content to read. And I thoroughly and enjoyed my time with it. Um, and, and I do felt it added, added a little bit to it. So I'll, you know what, I'll give it 3.5 dark sabers out of five. I, I did have, oh. I had fun with it. I actually did. I really did. And the, the art, the art really helped that I think too. Mm-hmm. And you know, more Darth Maul got no problem with more Darth Maul and more Sidious right. too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Jason, what's your score? I will also give it 3.5, but I'm going to give it 3.5 crime syndicates. Because I completely forgot to bring up the fact that um, this sets the stage for where we see Darth Maul at the end of Solo in charge yeah. of the um, 
the Crimson Dawn. Yeah. And uh. um and the, when he's in the the head of the crime syndicate. So three and a half crime syndicates because yes, it's a very beautiful comic. It's very well uh very well drawn, very well uh inked and colored. Um I the story was a little paint by numbers, but like you said, it's always it's always fun to see more Darth Maul and to get more context yeah. between uh, seasons of the Clone Wars. So yeah, yeah. I and dig it. J- Jason, yeah. did you notice in the the final season um, when he was talking to people on the hologram, one of them was uh, um, oh shoot, uh, Dryden Voss. Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Love that. Yeah, and and uh, Tess, have you seen Solo yet? I saw it when I didn't understand it, okay. so I'd have to rewatch it. Okay, okay, and and, and since it takes place, um, well, as far as because Darth Maul is in it at the very, very end when when Kira kind of uh, abandons Han and and you know joins the the Crimson Dawn fully, she calls that person and that that's Darth Maul and he's got the robotic legs and everything. Uh, that mm-hmm. takes place before his you know, his ending in Rebels, essentially. So, it's yes. so I mean, like like we said before, keeping his his continuity, you know, in track is is, is a you know, job unto its own. Uh, but yeah, Jason, you're right. We didn't even mention the fact that this does set up where he is with Crimson Dawn and everything in, in Solo. And I think, you know, looking back on uh, watching the show and everything, we really needed this because before I read this, I, you know, even now, like I have a hard time making that jump uh, to to Darth Maul being in, uh, you know, the head of the Crimson Dawn, especially knowing right. where he, his story arc goes in Rebels. I have a hard time figuring out how that sort of fits in and how long he's sort of, uh, you know, uh, the head of the Crimson Dawn versus where we find him all like sort of old and disheveled in Rebels and everything. And I, that's sometimes I would like to see his fall uh, and how he got to where he was in Rebels. That's an Next thing oh I yeah, to see because I have a hard time seeing where how that happens. Um, but this was nice, and and you're right because of that, it does elevate this a little bit and makes it makes his appearance in Solo. While I had no problem with it, makes it more um, pal, pal, palatable. You know what I'm trying to say? Palpatine, yeah. Palpatine. <laughs> more palpatinable. <laughs> but yes. you know, e- easier to digest, basically, uh, yeah. where he is in Solo. There. Yeah, dig it. Well, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. You guys, it's so funny because sometimes Corey will just go off and I'll be like, yeah, I'm learning things. I'm learning things. Then he stopped talking and I'm like, it's my turn to talk. <laughs> what? I stopped talking because I'm like, oh my God, I got to let someone else. Because <laughs> yeah, I can, I can freaking talk about Star Wars forever, as, as I'm sure all of our listeners know. <laughs> and Jason is now just finding out. <laughs> I dig it. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome. This was a really, really fun episode. Um, do you, Jason, do you have any last thoughts? Even if they, they veer off into more uh, Star Wars tangents, we're totally down for that. <laughs> um, yeah. You like, I'm just excited that we, we are in this sort of this new renaissance of more Star Wars stories, right? Like sure. we have like rebels was super fun. I would love to see more of it, even though Dave Filoni has said that, like they're they're done with the rebels story um i'm still hopeful that we will see some of those characters come to life either in the mandalorian or in other stories or shows or things like that now that we know that taika waititi is gonna direct a movie and uh, yes, you know like there there's so much potential as star wars moves forward with this big broad galaxy that we have that we can explore and um, 
so it's it's exciting for me with all of that stuff. But I'm especially excited to see your reaction when you do go and you start with, you know, working your way through the Clone Wars and then see how that transitions into Rebels with all of this context, uh, seeing how like um, what Corey was saying with how Darth Maul ends up. I'm very excited to see what your reaction is after that, because that's it's truly phenomenal. Oh, I know every time that I get another story in my brain, I'm like, that fills in that hole, that fills in that yeah. hole. And then it's funny because if you listen back to some of our first episodes here on OCD, I was like, Corey, I don't understand why Star Wars is just, they just keep going. Like, shut up already. We get it. <laughs> and now that I'm in it, I have so many dang questions. Mm-hmm. I welcome it. Yeah, I do. I mean, <laughs> Star Wars, uh, sort of, you can think about it like, you know, like you got DC Comics Universe and Marvel Comics Universe, and, and they're these fleshed out universes with so many characters that cohabitate. Star Wars is essentially its own universe of characters and stories that can go off in any direction. And, you know, that's that's what George Lucas always wanted. He wanted to create a universe where his friends could, you know, go and, and, and play around in there. Um, unfortunately, it didn't really happen that way uh, until Disney, you know, bought it out and everything. Yeah, I mean, he always wanted, like, Ron Howard to make a Star Wars movie. He always envisioned people to go make Star Wars movies in their own sort of way in the universe that he created because it's such a, a great template universe that you can just you can create a a, a western you can create i would love to see like a horror story in set in a star wars universe you know like almost like an alien type of story but in the star wars universe you could do that you could totally do that um you could it's ripe for everything you can do whatever you want with it and uh because it's such a, a big universe and it's just great but you know it's really these these characters that we love that that kind of keep it grounded and and makes you want to go back for more and it's not just luke skywalker it's not just Han Solo. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel bad for all those people out there who think Star Wars is just that because Star Wars is also Ahsoka Tano. Star Wars mm-hmm. is also Darth Maul, you know? Star Wars is all these characters that get fleshed out in, in you know, very well in these cartoons and, and just have a whole life that, that I just want other people, the quote-unquote mainstream people, right, that just see the movies. It's like, or in just The Mandalorian. Well, wait until you see uh, Ahsoka in, in Mandalorian Season 2. I mean, Dude, I can't freaking wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. That's I know round. Myra's so excited, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, oh. it's awesome. And, and, you know, Ashley Eckstein will always be Ahsoka Tano. Yes. And, and, and because she yeah. also very much helped craft the character with Dave Filoni. But I love the fact that she's on board with uh, Rosaria Dawson doing it because, you know, uh, these characters do have to have other people play them in order for them to move forward. Like we have to, yeah. you know. There's, there's. That's why, like actors, are a lot of. Well, there are a lot of actors who are voice actors, but actors who become voice actors and voice actors who become actors. Like it's two different realms. And you know, she's a master in her voice acting realm. And then, um, who is the actress for Ahsoka in Mandalorian? Remind me. You just R- said her name. Rosaria Dawson. What's her name? Right. She's she's amazing, uh, an amazing actress. So it totally makes sense. And and good on Ashley for like being like, you know what? Because that is totally the Ahsoka way to be like, <laughs> right? go ahead. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's and, okay. I mean, and she, she has her own like line of clothing. Have you uh, have you seen her universe stuff? Oh, yeah. Stuff? I have. Oh, my gosh. You should see my closet. It's all her universe. Yeah. I'm obsessed with her universe. That's awesome. The secret nerd. And she's, she's <laughs> such a great like ambassador of Star Wars. She's such. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, when we 
we needed it to to bring also more females into the into Star Wars and everything because it was you know a boys club a lot of times growing up and everything. And she was uh, she was great for bringing everybody in. She's such a fantastic character. She's uh, of the good guys. She's probably. I mean, she might even be more uh, to me than 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 Luke. I think I I think I of the good guys. I think I like Ahsoka the best, and it's because we've seen her grow. She's amazing. Yeah, we have more context for her arc, and it's it's amazing. It's great. So it is. Yeah, it's like Jason said before. We follow her from basically from the beginning to Mm -hmm. quote the end, or just very long in life. Mm -hmm. So we all have empathy for her. We understand where she comes from and what she's endured, and so that's probably why we love her more. We're like, oh, we relate to the outcast, to the to the you know what I mean, the one who just wants to be valiant, a hero, and all those. It's funny that you choose that word to describe Ahsoka Tano. Valiant? No, uh, outcast. Mm. Outcast. Yeah. I mean, she kind of is. She. I mean, and, and I only saw her at the end of Clone Wars. Right. And I mean, like, <laughs> and it's funny because, like, I totally related to her in that moment. Like, I feel like at that moment, we're both the same age. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're just trying to be the person who's, like, talking calmly. You know that everybody's actions towards you has nothing to do with you. Like, when she meets the sisters, Trace and her older Roth, sister. Rafa. Rafa, yeah. Um, it's like it's like the older sister just kept being so mean to her, and I was like, if you just listen to what she was saying and put your ego to the side, you would understand. But like, Ahsoka isn't offended. She doesn't let it affect her. She just kind of rolls with it, and she just ha- kind of has this like, just trust me attitude. She's yeah. not. She doesn't force anything, <laughs> and I love that about her. I can't wait. For you to hear Sky Guy and Artui for the first time and be like, WTF is this? And you know what? Honestly, the, the, the fact that Ahsoka is annoying in the first couple of seasons is what makes her 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 arc so amazing. Like, yeah. like mm. I, I'm glad, actually, that you watched from the end, like, you know, because you're going to go and see, because I, I don't know if you would have even stuck with it. And I, it's just, it's bad. I'm just saying it's the first season is bad, man. It's not great. It's, and like, especially when you look at it now with like <laughs> animation, it's like, I'm just trying to prep you so you don't like be like, oh my God. But like the animation's archaic. It's okay. <laughs> I made it through Phantom Menace, you guys. I know. But, it took me three days. Three days. Oof, oof. <laughs> 45 minute chunks. Ugh. Oh my god. I don't even know if I've gone back and, and rewatched the first two seasons of uh, of Clone Wars. I mean, I will at some point, but yeah. I'm not I'm not chomping at the bit, but it's absolutely essential to see her character grow though. And uh and that's what's that's what's awesome about it. And uh yeah, just like every kid, she goes from being annoying to being a freaking Jedi master even though she quote unquote kind of technically isn't one. Right. Mhm. Oh, so good. So Katana, so good. <laughs> uh, so a uh, good. Uh. <laughs> and this has been Darth Maul, son of Dathomir. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Go read that oh. one. <laughs> She's not even in it. Yeah, I know. Not at all. Oh my god. But I lo- yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we that's why we have this as an open platform. For sure, like, right? Bring in anything you want. Well, it's like it, yeah. it, that's the beauty of Star Wars is, you know, like one thing leads to another and because it's connected, it's just it's, yeah, I like it. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a I great, love it. I like it. It's good. I like it. <laughs> hey, man. That works. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Jason Megatron Burrows. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fun. Um, do you want to plug your podcast and, and your personal sure. Instagram? Sure. Um, yeah. I If you are bored with radio wherever you are listening 
to this podcast. Um, feel free to <laughs> tune in to 96.5 Jack FM. We're broadcast on the internet, um, but uh, as, as well as in the local Seattle area. But um, I have a D&D podcast. Uh, I play Max the Goblin Detective. We're, uh, we're a noir-themed mystery D&D actual play podcast. And um, we're in our third season now. And uh, it's, uh, it's fun. I really like it. We have a really cool cast. Um, and then I do a Disney-themed podcast. It's mainly news and speculation and stuff like that. But um, because of the uh, COVID-19 thing, we have taken a, a bit of an extended hiatus just because there, and up until recently, there hasn't been a whole lot of news for us to talk about. And um, oh, I'm also, I'm not very happy with some of the decisions that... Um, Disney corporate has made lately, and so it has Ooh. it has put my um, my uh, desire to talk about them in a in a positive light on kind of the back burner. <laughs> that, spill the tea, spill the tea. Oh, I'm just you know like <laughs> the decision to lay off a hundred thousand park employees but still pay executive bonuses really. I understand. Yeah, broke my heart, and uh, and because I'm a I'm a Disney fanatic. I go to Disneyland every year for my birthday. And um, mm-hmm. January, yeah, every January, every January, every January, posts. <laughs> and um, uh, so that's been a little disappointing, especially being somebody who like runs a Disney podcast. And so it, that's that's kind of taken a little bit of the wind out of our sails. But um, we are we do have episodes planned that are coming up. So we'll be back eventually. And we um, we've been doing uh, spoiler casts for this last season of the Clone Wars. We have the first four episodes up and uh, we're waiting for our friend Kelly to finish the middle four because she jumped straight into the the final four. And um, so once we get all <laughs> Wait, of those, what? yeah, because they were so good. So- uh, yeah, I was gonna yeah, say some, really some might say that, that she she made the right choice. <laughs> yes, like I like I, I the, was... the bad. You don't need the bad batch, right? No, I mean, no, uh... no. The the it was the Rafa sisters. Oh, yeah, that was Trace a and Rafa arc. The, oh, yeah, I see. So I mean, like it wasn't bad. I I enjoyed it. It just it was it was one of those like I know what's coming next, and so like I want to get there. Like let's. Why do I have to wait four weeks to get to the Siege of Mandalore? Yeah. My 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 you. problem with the Rafa sisters was that uh, there was an episode where they escape from jail, do stuff, and then get thrown back in jail at the end of the episode. I'm like, so you're saying that literally you're saying this episode didn't need to exist. Um, right. and, and any sort of character development could have been put into another. That that could have been a two-part arc and not a four-part. That was way too drawn out with the Rafa sisters. I agree. Well, what's interesting is that the other seasons were only eight episodes, and then this one was 12, and then four were the sisters. So if they just took this out, it would have been like the others? You know what I'm saying? Uh, like 12 minus four is eight? Are all the... Are all the seasons twelve episodes? I can't no, remember what the earlier think, ones. Are they? And this one was twelve. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Everybody's checking Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm looking at my chronology. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I guess I'm. No, I'm no, it doesn't. Now I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh... Um, the first, uh, the first five seasons were twenty episodes each. Yeah. Oh, season six arcs, was thirteen episodes. Yeah. Oh, then they don't have them all on Disney Plus. Am I crazy? No. I so, I so Disney test, Plus is so uh, behind the behind the scenes on oh, on Clone Wars. I'm totally wrong. I'm sorry, guys. I swear it said. Yeah, you're right. It says 22. I'm sorry. Wow, my bad. 
I swear I saw just eight. Well, so, no, I mean, the thing is, Clone Wars had a bit of a, of a rocky um, lifespan. Uh, it was canceled at one point. Um, and, and and when Disney bought, basically when they bought it, bought uh, Star Wars, they canceled Clone Wars because uh, the prequels have always been, I feel like Disney kind of poo-poos on the prequels with Star Wars and they don't care much about it. Um, but it was canceled at one point and then Netflix sort of uh, brought that John, please correct me. Uh, Jason, sorry, Jason, please Jason. correct me. Um, if, if <laughs> we I'm, have a bunch of Johns. I know, we have so many <laughs> so. Johns, and my J just kind of rolls. Uh, Jason, please direct, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like it was season six that was saved by the by Netflix, right? And that was the the, the lost episodes, the 13-episode lost episodes? I f- yes, I think that yeah. that is correct, because season five ends with Ahsoka, yeah. and then, see, yes, and then season six was... Oh fives and um oh right like it yeah tess if you haven't seen season six you don't have the context for why rex tells ahsoka to find fives um yeah yeah so season six was the one that oh. was was reconstructed or not reconstructed but uh put onto netflix so yeah and and in this the reason season so basically season six what we're watching in season seven is essentially the second half of the stories that they were going to use for season six. So they went back and basically just finished them and and did everything they needed to do. But even like the bad batch arc, the dialogue was recorded like five years ago and they just kind of did some new, uh, new recordings. So it's, it's Clone Wars is kind of a, of a piecemeal, but we're lucky that we live in a timeline where we got to see the, it, it, all the way to its fruition and, and finality because it could have easily we could have never gotten season six Netflix could have never done that and and then bus never led into season seven and would have just like sort of stood by itself but yeah there's a lot of meaty goodness in season six that really helps mm-hmm. set the stage for Order 66 yeah. uh, for the events of Revenge of the Sith uh, the, the last movie but the fact that like this final season butts up against and overlaps into Revenge of the Sith is how uh, Dave Filoni always wanted the Clone Wars to end. And I think so did George Lucas. So this is the the realization of that final vision of theirs, which is awesome. And it, yeah. it's, it's great that we have it, you know? I agree. Well, yeah, it could, it could have gone well, a lot worse. Well, <laughs> my bad. No, 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 no there's no, no, there's no, nothing, nothing wrong, Tess. There's nothing. It was just uh, we, we. I think Jason and I just both you went both down a, like, a mental mm-hmm. rabbit hole. We we're like, wait a minute, <laughs> questioning everything about our lives. And <laughs> I remember well, watching twenty you- episodes of that first season because man, <laughs> it took a lot to get through. Oh God, yeah, man, I was like, I was like eight episodes. I, I don't know how, it, maybe it was on my TV or something, but I just was like, eight episodes for all these seasons, I'll do this in no time. <laughs> now there's like 22. Yeah. It's, it's It'll a be full, a while. It's a yeah. full season, and oh boy, it's, <laughs> woo. <laughs> I mean, there's some good yeah. stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. There is some good stuff in there, but oh, is there some bad? <laughs> True story. <laughs> but you'll also, you'll get sort of the, you'll you'll also sort of see the inception of, of um, Lucas animation, Lucasfilm animation, like this, like, you know, the, the, the Gendy Tartarovsky series was sort of how it began, but this is really George Lucas figuring out animation and and him like figuring out how he wants to tell his stories and also like him getting experimental and trying concepts out that, you know, some of them don't go anywhere and you're like, okay. And you can just tell like George was like, I want to see if there's something here. And then he's like, okay, nope, nope. Nothing's there. Move on. (laughs) You know, next episode, you know, and like, he's like, but he, he, 
I one thing I love but they about, forgive him because he's George Lucas. Ex- like, exactly. Eh, it's fine. And and the one thing I love about George is that he will take risks. He will try things. He will never That's true. he will never rest on his laurels. He always wants to give you and the viewer something new every single time. And when you look at mm-hmm. the the prequels, for better or worse, they are dramatically different than the OT, uh, which you know the sequel trilogy has very much you know feels like the OT, whereas yeah. the prequels feels so so different and that's because george was like i'm nope, gonna do something new here and like you know he did his thing he did his thing and that's why i love the prequels because george did his thing with them yeah yeah well to go back to your disney podcast i totally commend you for having uh, uh feelings of not wanting to promote much of disney at the moment didn't they just um i was gonna ask you didn't they just uh, switch out or or they got a new president right so a new CEO, yeah bob iger's gone bob iger stepped down bob chapik stepped up but then once all of this happened bob iger's kind of still driving the boat so um <laughs> okay. that makes sense. so yeah i mean it's one thing for them to to like not take a salary for the year but like that that sure. leads to bigger questions like why do ceos have salaries large enough for them to take three months of salary and then be able to forego it for the rest of the year and be okay. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like, but that's bigger ex- existential questions. But yes, that podcast is called Mickey Rules the World and it's it's all right. <laughs> it's great. I listened to your Clone Wars episode and uh, for one through four and you guys made excellent points about um, why the Bad Batch episodes were in there and how it actually like justified and rounded out the story yeah. and how I really liked your point um, you made how the clones have very different types of armor uh, and that really, like, it really set them apart and just very, made made the art that much uh, better. Yeah. Made the animation that I much like better. I like it. So I like that episode. That was great. Thanks. But yeah, that's, so that's me. Cool. Adventure They Wrote and Mickey Rules the World. And uh, yeah, and you can find me on Twitter. Well, you can find me anywhere at Punk Junior. So, and that's a, that's a whole other story too. <laughs> I don't even you've always been punk juniors I yeah. don't even know that story but, and Megatron apparently I did not know that <laughs> I did not know that was your middle name <laughs> yep that's awesome. me well cool well my uh, that's you. I don't think my wife would let me change my middle name to Boba Fett sadly <laughs> <laughs> she's not the boss of you man she can't she can't disallow what she doesn't know <laughs> just come also, home with a new with a driver's, new driver's, driver's license, license. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. paperwork's harder to get the reverse of it so <laughs> yeah, once yeah. it's done it's done it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission <laughs> that's true Oof. very true very yeah. true. spoken <laughs> spoken by a single man <laughs> <laughs> So take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, awesome. Thank you again so much for being here. Thank you for bringing me on. Yeah. Jason, this was awesome. This was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed talking to you about Star Wars. Anytime you you want to talk more Star Wars, I am always down. Absolutely. You got it. Awesome. 
Yay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Co- Oh, wait. What am I doing? Wait. So you can find us on Instagram at OCD Podcast and on Facebook at slash OCD Podcast. Corey, where can we find you in cyberspace? Sorry. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I was like, in my mind, I checked it off and I was like, wait, no, it didn't. Wait, we have three of us. Okay, go. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Corey Nation. And you guys know all the, the podcasts that I'm on. Podcast After Dark, Cartwright, A Seinfeld podcast and you know here and there on talking back and blast from our past etc etc Tess where can we find you online um I'm just gonna plug ours at OCD podcast and if you want to follow me you just click at the at Tess Janos in our bio all right okay did I get everything did I check everything <laughs> off the list okay here we go are you ready Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Corey. I'm Jason. Yay, that's Jason. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next time. Ta-da! It's a trap. (laughs) This has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. 